Welcome to the second episode of MDRT's Agency Principal Series, a five-part series featuring discussion about the state of the insurance industry. In this episode, hear why solution-oriented advice will trump a product sales focus in our changing industry. Our participants are Jim Pittman, Insurance Consulting Services. Brian Winnikoff, I'm the President and CEO of Crump Insurance Services. Ben Nevigens, I'm the President at LifePro Financial Services. Tori Van Dusen Rose, Diversified Brokerage Services. Ryan Penny, Penny Insurance. Gonzalo Garcia from Agency One. You'll hear from these industry leaders how important it is to identify and adopt tools, technology, and processes that will help advisors work more effectively and efficiently. What sort of trends are you seeing that are affecting agent productivity? We've talked about complexity, we've talked about government regulation, we've talked about other intrusive forces, communication coming at us 24-7, it's hard to get bandwidth because I've got so many emails I can't read them all, I barely get through the headers. On the other side, we can do things with technology and communication that our, our parents' generation couldn't even dream of. I think there's definitely a lack of training. And it's interesting because I don't think our products are particularly all that complicated. I think we make them through compliance and through the terminology we use and the vernacular that we use, I think we make them way more complicated than they need to be. I think when we start talking to consumers, they kind of glaze over because they don't understand what we're saying because we have kind of institutionalized ourselves in the conversation. But I think that the soft skills that were available in our industry 20 and 30 years ago have really in large measure been lost. We're trying to replace them with technology which is good, but I think to Gonzalo's point, robo-advisors are only so effective. You still need somebody with good soft skills at the point of purchase who can confirm the, the sale or the transaction, who can make that connection to them. We do a lot of direct marketing business, but in every instance, we still talk to the consumer because we know that that's the most effective way, at least today, to do it. But it really comes down to training. Finding a qualified sales force today is getting harder and harder. We're getting a contraction in, of our market space. There's less advisors in the traditional distribution models. We're seeing more and more advisors being part-time. We're seeing more and more advisors working in the banks and in the credit unions and warehouses. And so we, as I think agencies and, and principals of agencies, we need to come up with a plan to train and to grow an agent field force. Even if that field force is not in the traditional method of going out and meeting face-to-face -face with the client, if it's in a call center environment, it doesn't really matter. They still need the same soft skills. They still need the same presentation abilities. They still need to know the products and services. But I would put those at, as the last piece in, this, in the process. The soft skills are what makes the, the transaction and the consumer's stickiness and willingness to move forward. That's what seals the deal. So going to your comments, somebody that's solution-oriented understands the purpose of the insurance and the problem it'll solve. Yeah, no question. I think the challenges and changes are pretty well documented here. The one additional thing that I would offer, and there's an abundance of it out there that is valuable, is leveraging resources from carrier institutions, third parties that are more than happy to provide training and development, either online or webinar or in-person to advisors or networks of advisors or intermediaries or wholesalers. And those resources are available. And as, as we think about pivoting segments of our network to new spaces, leveraging new tools and technology and all the stuff that we're talking about here, our first inclination is we're going to do it ourselves and build it. And how do we do that? And where do we start? 
And the more that we explore, there are more than enough third parties that are willing to help us in a very economical way and in a lot of cases for free. The second thing that I would do as an advisor is if you're not ahead of the curve, you're behind the curve. And even at a, a meeting like this or at a MDRT meeting or any industry meeting, spend some time walking through the, the vendor hall. There's more opportunity today. There's new entrants in that have lots of interesting and sometimes not interesting ideas that uh, could be helpful for your business and at a minimum one should be aware of. And I would you know, try to stay ahead of the curve there because there may be certain elements, tools, technology, processes, people, relationships that could be helpful to the business. The only thing I would add on productivity of, of producers is, is I think that there's so much coming at them all the time. And I think as salespeople and the type of people they are, they're a little bit distractible. It's fundamentally, I think oftentimes it's, they're not trained to drive sales in a systematic way. And I think the art of prospecting and cold calling and doing all the things that previous generations of, of advisors that grew up in, in, in career system training, that art has been lost. And, and, and I think that it's always easy to grab your cell phone or your iPad and get distracted doing something else when you need to have the discipline of, of, of staying engaged. I think it's a lot of distractibility still in the industry. You bring up a good point, Gonzalo, because I think we probably have two or three different types of advisors when you look at them in kind of mass. You have the advisors that are really good marketers. That doesn't mean they're good clinicians, it doesn't mean they're good salespeople, it doesn't mean they're good presenters, but they're good at getting someone through the door. And then you have the people who are maybe good closers. If they have a client in front of them, they can make the sell, they can explain the need. And then you have this kind of hybrid out there who I think they're fewer and farther between who actually can market and sell. And so the question becomes, I think most of them fall into the latter category. They're, they're salespeople, not marketers. So how do you help a person who does not know how to market, does not know how to prospect in a changing environment where prospecting and marketing isn't the same. I mean, cold calling, you can't even cold call people anymore. If you, if you call people on the phone and you got do not call list, you got all these, you know, TCPA, you got all these different restrictions that prevent you from doing some of the things that we did just five or 10 years ago. So how do you help an advisor who wants to grow their business or wants to be successful? How do you help them in that environment? And I think that's one of those opportunities that the classic BGA, especially one that has scale. I mean, I wish I had 1,500 employees sometimes, but not all the time. But having a certain scale allows you to do things like create a lead generation program for advisors. And consistently, in every single survey we see, what's the number one thing advisors want? Leads. Number one thing. It's number one by two to one. It's usually 75 to 85% of advisors say they want more leads. Well, how many of us are good at generating leads? I think most of us as BGAs are not even qualified or equipped to do it. So there's a big gap there that, again, you talk about this outside third party, someone's gonna come in and fill that gap and say, here's all the leads you could ever want. And I'll, instead of paying you a commission, I'm gonna pay you a flat fee and you can go out and make 100 grand a year delivering products. I agree with what you're saying. I, I'd take it a step further, honestly. I, I think different advisors bring different things to the table, strengths and weaknesses, just like we all do in, in what we do. I think the, the advisors that we see that are most successful are the ones that have a process, right? They know what they're good at, but they've got a process to prospect. They've got a process to bring in business, to, to process business, to retain relationships, to grow relationships, right? The old process, or the process that worked for many for decades, was align with a big carrier who will give you a territory and you will make outbound calls and meet with people 
at volume, and if you worked hard and you stuck with the process and you were trained on how to sit and how to talk and when to listen, and when to, you know, do all that stuff, you could be successful. And if you were really bright and had a good process and were really hard working, you'd be very successful. Well, that process doesn't really work anymore. You can't get in the door or as many doors as you could before, and the tickets are smaller with that uh, community and the comps, all that kind of stuff. So you need a different process. And there's not a great roadmap for that because you know, the companies haven't pivoted and provided new training programs for new processes, for new consumers with new needs. I think it's a little bit up to the advisors to figure out what process works from them to leverage the help that they can get from BGAs and other organizations and their counterparts and the affiliate organizations they're part of if they're part of one. But figure that out and then get very good at it. I totally agree, but I think that there are opportunities out there today, whether they want to be a transactional advisor just servicing a temporary need with term and embracing the technology that's afforded to them today that can be very successful or whether it's sitting down with an iPad platform that can take them from start to finish with their client and they're basically reading from a script off of their iPad and taking them right through a story that leads them to their full needs and their product selection that's suitable for the client if they're willing to embrace and learn. I think that's that's the key, kind of a theme of what I've been talking about. I think there's one more thing though. This is a very noble profession for a million reasons. I don't think that people coming out of college today graduate from college and say, oh, I want to go sell insurance. Again, back to solutions and back to processes and back to advising and so on. And there are some great programs out there. You know, Texas Tech has a great program where they've got a bunch of young kids coming out of of programs and not only undergrad but master's programs that are going to get in our business. And I think it's fabulous. I think we need to try as an industry to do more of that because if we keep aging and nobody else is coming in behind us, who's left? So, so we, we really need to focus as an industry on, on where we're going to get the talent. Yeah, and I think the key it starts with our carriers in part. They need to start forging the way to change, as Ryan said, how we talk about life insurance because I don't know, a lot of you have probably heard Maria Umba talk about the differences in, in the vocabulary between what people think of when they hear our terms, death benefit, how morbid, you're going to benefit me if I die. <laughs> you know, it's just we need to change the vernacular of, of our industry, and that doesn't come easy, but the people who are manufacturing the products that we're selling, I think, need to help forge that path. Thanks for listening. Next month, find our third episode on SoundCloud or iTunes.